1: Do you ever feel bad when you compare yourself to others? Would you get pissed if somebody called you average? And what's more important to you, being the best you can be or being better than someone else? The Tools and Coming Alive co-author Barry Michaels is back to discuss the trap of external validation. We're gonna talk about how trying to be better than
0: others is an unwinnable game and how we can learn how to play our own game instead.
1: Welcome to The New Man. Today, I'm talking with Barry Michaels. He's a therapist in Los Angeles. He's been on The New Man a couple of times before with one of my coaches, Phil Stutz. Together, they've co-authored Coming Alive and The Tools, two great books for dealing with the mental limitations that keep all of us playing small in life. And you can check out the previous interviews. You can also visit thetoolsbook.com to learn more. Uh, Welcome back, Barry. Thanks so much for having me, Tripp. I'm excited to have you back. We've talked about certain topics on the show before, but there's this other one that comes up, um, and it it shows up a lot in just in my own life. It shows up in others that I'm working with, um, and it's this trap or this need to be significant. And you work and live in LA. You work with celebrities and powerful people, so I imagine this whole thing about being exceptional and significant comes up a lot there, but to be specific, here's what I'm referring to. It's it's how we can be having a great day, and then we find our uh, some way to compare ourselves to somebody else, and it, that appears to be doing better than us. And all of a sudden, our mood is shot to hell. It's the it's, it's the successful executive that so many appreciate and look up to, and he seemingly has it all. But if you get to know him inside, he's really pissed off that he's not one of the guys who became billionaires. It's the guy who finds out that the girlfriend that he left, the guy he he broke up with, this girl. She's traded up, and and now she's got a richer, better-looking guy, and now he's devastated. Um, I even read about a woman with anorexia who was scared to get treatment because she wondered who she would be without her disease. For her, having anorexia made her special. It made her unique. Um, And it seems to be getting more intense as social media posts are often determined by what are going to make us look special or better than others. And when I'm coaching people, their resistance or their deep fear to change usually isn't about... Physical survival, a lot of times they're going to be fine in that way. The insidious thing is that we bump into is, is this ego survival. They're, they're up against these, am I going to lose my status? What if others see me as less than whatever? Um, they, they stay in lousy jobs and relationships and situations just because they're afraid to jeopardize their self-image. They'll trade their peace of mind in order to protect how they're perceived by others. They'll self-sabotage if they think they're going to go backwards in some way related to their self-image or status. And when we dig a bit further, underneath is this deep-seated fear of being average or just another face in the crowd. So that's why I wanted to have you on the show. I know that I'm imagining you work with folks whose whole existence is, is kind of built around this need to be exceptional and significant. And I want, to learn, I want to learn more about what you see, what's going on, and how we can help the folks out there get unhooked from what I think is an unwinnable game. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Okay. Well, so how does this show up in your office? Like, kind of give us a sense of what you see from time to time uh, when you're sitting, in, and maybe it's in your own life, or maybe it's it's with the people that you're talking to.
2: Well, let me, before I do that, let me sort of reframe the issue a little bit because I I think it's there's a subtle distinction here that that we need to draw, which is I believe in trying to become an exceptional person. I believe in trying to fulfill your own potential. To me, the real issue arises when we measure your success at that and what is the metric that we use if we're using an external metric whether it's the amount of money you make or the recognition you get or the number of hits you get on social media or the beauty of your girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is Mm -hmm. then to be honest you're kind of screwed because there's always going to be somebody who has more there's always going to be somebody who has less you're never truly going to be exceptional in that sense and by the way even if you do have more money than god and you get to that top of the heap you always have to be worried there's somebody coming up behind you mm. who will who will topple your you know your your uh, position so i think the real solution and what i teach my patients is the feeling of exceptionalism the feeling of i'm doing something of value has to come from inside in other words it has to come from that feeling of i am growing i am giving out and creating the best that i can possibly create if the if the feeling of i'm i'm putting out my best every moment of every day is is a palpable experience then you're going to feel good about yourself, regardless of the results that you get, and regardless of the, you know, roller coaster of I'm getting attention today and I'm not getting attention tomorrow and you know, et cetera. You know, again, a, a sort of a typical example will be an actor who does a movie. And uh, the movie gets a lot of play and, you know, maybe it starts to win some awards and the actor is getting a lot of publicity and they're getting, you know, mentioned for even better parts, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe even the movie wins an Oscar or whatever. And then the day after the Oscar, the attention disappears and they don't necessarily they aren't able necessarily to leverage it into anything great the more they have been seduced into measuring their self-worth by what they're receiving, the more insecure they actually become in the long run because the world gives and then it takes away. It doesn't, it doesn't, there's no guarantee that you're ever going to get any constant stream of attention or validation or rewards from the outside world. So am I being clear? The, the, the sense of value or exceptionalism has to come from I am putting out, I am creating, I am fulfilling my potential in the best way that I can every hour of every day. And if you got that, it won't matter whether you're being ignored or whether you're being, you know,
1: celebrated or or anything else from the outside world. It's this inside out approach. Um, and I guess it's, it's like you said, you got to shift what you're using to measure that where I could be doing pretty lousy work, but I get a lot of validation for it. And that still won't be satisfying deeply because I know deep down it's not really the best work that I can give. Is that what you're speaking to?
2: You know deep down that it's not the best work you can do and you also know deep down that uh, attention and results from the outside world are always fickle. You might be getting it today, but who knows? You're not going to get it tomorrow, okay? You know, another uh, patient group that I've treated that really goes through this big time are athletes, because, you know, the average age of retirement for an athlete is like 30 years old. So they get this incredible dose of fame and attention and just people, you know, just loving them up and money and everything when they're very young and very susceptible to becoming kind of addicted to that and being, you know, defining them themselves around it. And then they retire. And Mm -hmm. nobody gives a shit whether they exist or not. Nobody's paying any attention to them or not. And usually there's a deep depressive period after that as they have to shift their values around and start to organize themselves around, all right, what can I now put out for the rest of my life that will give me an intrinsic sense of joy and
1: satisfaction? Okay. So we got to unpack that because the things that I'm getting here is, is if this is happening to me and I'm riding this roller coaster, one day I'm up because I'm getting validation and external, whatever, that, that stuff's coming to me. And then the next day it's not, and oh no, here, there goes my mood. Um, I've got to, I've got to learn to reorient and and what is it just detach from that, that kind of input or that kind of validation and, or do I shun it or what's the, how do you, how do you help people turn that corner?
2: I, you know, the simplest, the simplest kind of tool to give people is, is what Phil and I call a renunciation. A renunciation is a voluntary giving up of something that you think you need, but you really don't and that you can't necessarily guarantee. So the typical renunciation is I give up all hope of getting any external reward for what I do in the form of validation, recognition, money, fame, etc. cetera. Instead, I'm going to put out my best, and that's where I'm going to get my sense of satisfaction. Now, the irony is people who can give up on getting external rewards tend to be much more passionate and creative and authentic because they don't care. They're doing it for themselves. You know, as a a therapist, the best sessions are when I can tell the patient a truth that's hard for them to swallow and i don't worry whether they liked it or not i'm just speaking the truth and ironically most of the time people really like it even if it's hard to hear because no one's ever been that truthful to them before right
1: right I, as a coach I, I early on i was so worried about getting it right and being a good coach and i would you know would just beat myself up after sessions because i wasn't getting it right and i would just criticize myself from all these perspectives and i decided i was going to quit i was just exactly. too miserable and then I said, "Well, I might as well try to get fired," and like not not like <laughs> not like like out of being inappropriate, but I like say the things that I'm scared to say. But they were in service, and and suddenly the work got a lot better. But I was enjoying it a lot more too. But I was actually serving much deeper when I started to play my own game and know that I was willing to be fired in any session. That's fantastic. You didn't you know you didn't think of that
2: as a renunciation, but that was a renunciation. It was basically like fire me. I'm going to say the truths that are inside of me. I'm going to value what I put out rather than what I get back. And it's under those circumstances that you actually put out the best because you're not seeking anything back for it. Right. You know, at that moment now, just to, just to complete the idea of renunciation, when you're saying that to yourself, I give up all hope of getting an external reward, you know, in this moment for what I'm going to do. It shouldn't feel good because you're giving up something that, let's face it, all of us have kind of, you know, grounded our identity in, you know, I want people to like me or I want money or whatever it is. So I'm not saying that it feels good in the moment, but if you can ride through those bad feelings, that that feeling of loss, like, whoa, I'm giving this up and I'm really just going to focus on what I put out. What happens over time is that it frees you. It just frees you to be the best that you can be, to develop your own skills, to learn, to learn what you have to give to the world rather than constantly seeking what the world can give to you.
1: I get this image of many of us are trying to play this game of how to get more whatever, fill in the blank, these external things, money, fame, validation, etc. And And for us, we really think that's the winnable game. And what you're talking about here is if I'm willing to put that stuff aside There's a much bigger I I keep using the word game, but it's just it's it's, we get to play our own game. And that's where the real satisfaction and also get like that's where the real power is, because I'm no longer tied to those things. I'm no longer a slave to them. That's exactly
2: right. And the people who have really changed the world of art or music or computers or whatever, they labor if you study their lives, they've labored for a long time, sometimes their entire lives in complete obscurity because they loved what they were doing. You know, Van Gogh is a great example. He'd never sold a painting in his entire life. But thank God he kept painting for
1: the love of painting. And when people come to you for this, are they coming on the backside of this? Or are they coming like, hey, I, I want to be a great actor. And I want to I figure this stuff out now before I get hooked in. Or, is, or are they coming to you after the fact? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I, I'm just I'm torn up by this game.
2: It's both really. Um, people come, you know, on the front end because they feel like they're not getting enough fame. You know, it's like come to the therapist and see how if he can like if he has some trick, you know, where you can where you can get more love from the outside world. But they don't more get that that's the
1: thing holding them back. They just they're exactly. coming to you thinking they need more.
2: Exactly. They leave the first session, the first session bewildered because I have completely blown their mind. Like, whoa, everything I was looking for is the wrong thing. thing. Uh, And then sometimes come, people come at the back end and, and look, let's face it. We, we're not just one or the other. We're, we're all a mixture of both. I mean, I think finally in my career, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't really care I just, I just want to be the best therapist I can be. I, I have my own style. I have my own you know, way of, of helping people. And I know I'm good at it. I know that I can get people unstuck and, and give to them. And if they don't like me, they can go elsewhere. It's fine with me, absolutely fine. But there are always times when I, I remember I don't know, maybe five or ten years ago, a, a patient of mine dropped out of therapy. And a little while later, I found out he was seeing another therapist. And I got a moment of like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> you know, what, what's wrong with me, you know, right. kind of thing. And so it's a it's a constant sort of life work where you have to keep saying, I give up hope, that's absolutely okay. And, and, and in fact, maybe that other therapist is better for that guy than I am. Mm-hmm. And I want him to get help where he can find it. Right. If I'm, I, I'm not perfect, if I'm not the right person, good. I'm glad he left and found
1: someone else. Right, right. Uh, you said something in your language there that I want to touch on, which is I want to be the best I can be, which is different than what I think this other mindset would be. I want to be the best in the world or better, best in the town. Or there's this, It's, it's re- dependent upon this comparison to others being what best, but this best I can be is a different it's a, it, it may just seem like semantics, but it's a hugely powerful uh,
2: shift. It's hugely powerful because you're really saying that the locus of value, the center of value is inside. It's not out there, which is frankly a blessing because I can always give more I can always improve what I do in my own eyes but what's out there I can't compel it to give to me again van gogh was a great artist but he couldn't compel people to buy his paintings he could just he he had to just simply keep painting so you're you're really making a dramatic value shift a shift in values where you're saying the value is already in me and I just want to put it out there as best I can. I'm not looking for anyone to recognize it as value as I do. Got it. And that's, there's real satisfaction in that when you can, I it's, it's hard to put into words, but, but I know you've had moments where you're saying something or putting something out and you feel like, whoa, this is intense. Like, this is amazing. I, like, I didn't know I could say this, you know, mm. kind of thing. And I live for those moments because, because I don't really care how they're taken. Usually they're taken really well anyway because I think the person senses that I'm in a flow. But regardless of the impact or the, you know, wh- whatever I get back from the outside world, those are the moments where I feel truly free and truly
1: like I'm like I'm maximizing my potential. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great to have a sense of humor about this. I I do this workout several times a week. It's really intense. And we wear these heart monitors. And, and so I'm always that's what you judge. Like it's like a, there's an intensity. You can see a screen on the wall, how intense you're going. And that's what you shoot for. And there just happen to be other people doing the same workout around you. But it's easy to get into this competitive, comparative thing. Some days I'm in there and I'm just rocking it and there, I can hear this voice in me like, maybe I could be in the Olympics next year. Maybe I'd be the first 45 year old guy, the other, like whatever it is. And then other days, like somebody's grandmother is just wiping the floor with me, like just crushing me and I, I'm devastated. But it's the, the effort is still the same and it's just, but I, I can watch how my ego, my, you know, my whole mood can go up and down when it's, when I'm looking through the lens of is somebody doing better or less than, than me. Yes, exactly. And I like the way you put
2: it. Essentially, the healthy position is I'm competing with myself. I'm not competing with anyone else. In fact, weirdly enough, I I want other people to be really good at what they do. It's okay with me. I just want to focus on myself. And am I getting better? Am I getting stronger? Am I doing the, the absolute utmost I can do today right now?
1: This sounds idealistic. This sounds—I can hear—I can hear guys nodding, like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." But still, there's this competitive thing. It seems like it's on this primitive cellular level. Is this just left over from us trying to figure out who the biggest ape was in the jungle? Like, what do you, What's your? What's your cue? Or how? How do we explain why this is such a powerful thing to us? It's just built into
2: human nature to want to stand out and really be known. Um, I I think where this really goes deep, deep down inside, I'm not saying this is conscious for anyone, but we don't really believe deep down inside that we exist unless we are noticed, seen. And the metrics we use in our society for being noticed are money, fame, hits on social media, you know, that kind of thing. So think of it, think of part X or the ego as, as a part of you that doesn't really believe that it exists or that it is visible, that it has any value, unless it's getting a constant stream of that kind of attention from the outside world. And every, believe me, I'm not a saint. I'm prey to that. Everybody falls prey to that. The problem is nothing is ever enough. And I, I see this all the time because I treat fairly famous, wealthy people. And one of the one of the things they constantly come up against is, my God, I've made more money or I'm more famous than I ever imagined I would be. And I still want more. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. and it, thankfully, they're healthy enough to recognize that's a disease, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. But but it's it's easy, particularly for someone who doesn't have it to think that those who do have it are free of it. Like they've sort of graduated to some other level where, where they're just happy with what they have. I I treated one billionaire who owns this gigantic, I mean, it's a yacht the size of the Queen Mary. And, you know, he goes yacht racing with his friends. And when they, you know, sail into a port, it's like, they're all comparing the size of their yachts with each other. It's like the old thing of guys comparing the size of their dicks. It's, you know, yes. So that most of them are unhappy because there's one guy, who obviously, who's got the biggest one, you know, kind of thing. Wow. And that that is the road to ruin. It's just no, you're never, ever happy if you're always competing with someone else.
1: And the thing that I'm pulling away from there, which is there seems to be this fear of being average. and it's why yeah. I think that the studies say that most people think they're above average. they They've created this self-image that I can't be average, um, but that I don't exist if I'm average or I don't exist if I'm just blending into the crowd and. And when you say I don't exist, that, that feels like death. That feels like I'm not here. I, you know, I'm not important. I'm gone. I'm invisible. That, that was a big piece that just landed for me. Like, why would it be such a big deal? What's the big deal? Why? What's wrong with average? Yes.
2: Yeah, I, I think you said it really well. In other words, underneath, we're, we use words like average or I'm just normal or, you know, whatever. But what we're really feeling, if you study the feeling that underlies those words is, I'm afraid that I'm going to disappear into the gray mass of mediocre people who don't stand out and who are just invisible. You know, they're just part of the part of the crowd, you know, kind of thing. And again, that's okay that we have that fear inside of us. The solution to it, though, is not to try to get recognition from the outside world. It's to recognize yourself. In other words, the solution is I see that I exist. I see that I have value. And I am going to bring value to every single step that I take, everything that I put out to the world. I'm the one who values it. And no one can ever take that away from you because it's just between you and yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other type of value that comes from the outside world is constantly being taken away
1: from you, no matter how rich or famous you are. Mm-hmm. When we talk about this renunciation, how do we put that into practice how can we help the listener put that into practice i imagine this is going to be something he's got to think about daily especially if he's crafted a life that is oriented towards how do i get more validation how do i get more of these hits Um, yes and so what's what's a practical uh process look like for him to start to ease out of that that way of being
2: I think of it as almost retraining the way you operate in the world. So, you know, if, if, if I were talking to a patient, you know, who has this problem, what I would say, and, and almost everyone does, I would say to them at the very beginning of the day, first thing you do when you wake up is I want you to close your eyes again and say, I give up all hope of getting anything back from the world. What I want to do is give out the best that I can. Now I'm I'm making it a general statement of course it could be more specific depending on what you do for a living or whether you have a family or not or whatever so you know it might be for for someone who's a stay-at-home mom I give up all hope of getting anything back for what I do with my kids today what I want to do is do my absolute utmost best to give them structure to give them love and to you know bring them up and 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 make them good citizens you know kind of thing and and so i'm going to i'm going to i'm going to have them bookend the day so at the very beginning of the day and at the very end of the day and then i'm going to have them look for cues during the day and a cue is just simply a moment where your value shifts you know, usually not because you've intended it to, it just happens to, and you start measuring yourself by something outside of you. So you find yourself comparing yourself to another mom on the bench, or you compare yourself, you compare yourself to some other, you know, uh, employee at your company. And that's another moment. That's a cue to use renunciation again. Whoops. I, I, I fucked up. I give up all hope. Of being any better than anyone else by any external metric. I just want to do the best that I can do. Am I failing myself right now? If I am, great. How can I how can
1: I succeed? How can I push myself even even further? Hmm. That's just gotta kind of, if we've if we've been a performer, if everything has been a performance in order to get something from the outside world, that's gonna be a big Constant. shift to come back to what do I stand for? What's really important to me? And I I just like this image of when I when my head hits the pillow tonight. What's really going to give me the most satisfaction? Yeah. Other than that that dopamine hit that we get when we get whatever the the the, the recognition or the likes or something.
2: Yes. And sometimes, by the way, people um, like using images rather than words. I, I happen to be a person who who would prefer not to have to say. I give up hope of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So what I use is the image of a black hole and a sun and which do I want to be? A black hole, as, as you might know, is a sun that has collapsed into itself and has become literally a black hole that draws all of the light around it into itself. That's why it's very difficult to see and you know, for astronomers to measure because it it doesn't, it's not visible. It's, it just, it's just drawing in all of the light and energy around it. That's what you as a human being become when you need hits on social media, you need validation, you need constant attention, you need money, et cetera, et cetera. So when I have a moment where I'm having a hard time, I see myself as a black hole and I turn myself into a radiant sun. The sun is the opposite of a black hole. It just gives out constantly. Think about it, if the sun were conscious, if it were aware of things, it wouldn't give a shit what it's getting back. It's only getting back its own reflected light anyway. It just gives out and it gives out forever. And the other thing that's important is it's abundant. It's, it's you know, for all human terms, it's infinite. It just shines forever and gives out light and warmth. And when you can get in touch with that abundance that's inside of you, even just in a visualization like that, you feel good. You feel better. You feel complete and whole inside. This is, a, this is another aspect of this, of this dichotomy. People don't realize it, but when, when you're looking for something to fill you up, from the outside world. What you're really saying about yourself without being conscious of it is I'm not enough. I'm incomplete. And this attention or money is what's going to complete me. Now, as we know from, from, (laughs) if you study the lives of celebrities, no amount of attention will ever complete you. It just doesn't work. Mm. So, so. If you can get in touch with the abundance inside of you, which, again, I just use the image of the sun for that, then you're in the proper position, which is I'm already whole. I'm already filled up inside. My job is to give out. And again, that can take a myriad of different forms. It can be I'm giving out to my kids or I'm doing the best possible job I can do or I'm creating something new. But you've shifted your relationship to the universe at that point. Instead of
1: sucking in, you're giving out. Oh, man, there's so much good stuff in there. Um, and, but as you were saying, when you're talking about the wholeness piece and you're talking about it feels good to be in that, well, it also feels good to be in the company of that. I, I imagine when I've been around a salesperson and they're talking me up and it's like, oh, here it comes. They want something from me and it feels creepy. It feels exactly. icky uh, it's not a genuine interaction. This person's doing the things that would, uh, a, a nice person would do, but I can feel that there's an other motive. They're, they're only interacting with me because they want to get something from me. And that feels bad. It doesn't feel good to me. And then I also notice when I'm around certain people and they tell me about their big dream or their big vision for life. And I'm wondering, like, why am I not inspired by that? It's because mm. it's coming from that black hole place. Like once I do this great thing, then every, I'll be loved. I'll be great, blah, 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 blah. blah instead of I'm here here to give something, I'm here to express something in this lifetime. Those are the people that draw me in and inspire me, and I want to know how I can support them. So as as you name that, I I want to help the listeners, like, pay attention to where you feel drawn to certain people, you feel drawn to uh, energies or repulsed by them, and chances are there's some kind of a play here going on between these different types of energies that that, uh, Barry's talking about.
2: That's beautifully said. That's exactly right. You, you, when, when you're getting a, like a weird vibe from somebody most of the time, it's because unconsciously they're looking to you for something that they don't feel that they have inside of themselves. And, and it's an awful feeling because you, you just feel like even if the words are giving, the energy is taking, you know, f- mm. from you in a weird way. And you know, this is you're, you're touching on something else, which is who do you want to be? Do you want to be that salesman who's not really giving value to others, but trying to take for himself? Or do you want to be the guy that you know, who inspires you because he's just given stuff away? I, I don't mean literally giving stuff away, but, but he's, his energy is just so giving that, he doesn't feel depleted by it right. because he's already so filled up inside. Right. Those are the people who can change the world and, and who can have the greatest impact on other people because people admire them. Right. Right.
1: Beautiful. Um, I've just loved this conversation. I appreciate you taking the time to talk today. Uh, Barry Michaels, check out the books he and Phil Stutz have written called Coming Alive and the Tools. Uh, visit thetoolsbook.com to learn more there. Uh, thank you again, buddy.
2: Thanks so much, Trip.
1: If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can
0: discover the show more easily.